I'm joined now by Jerry Tipton of the Lexington Herald Leader. Jerry is in his 75th year of covering Kentucky basketball. Jerry, how you doing, man? It's not not been quite that long, is it? Well, it doesn't seem any more than 80 or 85 years. So yeah. I know, Jerry, you've been around a long time, and there are certain guys in newspaper, and you're one that 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 have been in it longer than me. And 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 I'm inspired by that. You know, I I think. I think you and Bob Holt must lead the SEC in Zoom calls right now. I see you guys like uh, all over the place. And anyway, I appreciate uh, appreciate you being on with us today. Let's talk about Kentucky a little bit. Jerry, I guess it was the middle of the season before I looked up and I thought, my goodness, Kentucky's only got six or seven wins. And, and it was so it was so unusual. And, and then I kind of zoned into what they were doing a little bit and and I, I read uh, your, your co-worker's piece, John Clay's piece, that kind of tried to explain that a little bit about young players and, and, and different things. We just don't hear that. We don't hear that challenge for Kentucky about youth, having to deal with youth, because I think we've grown accustomed to uh, the one-and-done approach, that, that level of talent. But I wanted to ask you, is the one-and-done thing, is that still a thing? Is that still a good approach for, for uh, John Calipari, or has uh, has the availability of more transfers and other programs kind of lessened, lessened the impact of one-and-dones? Well, I think it's definitely impacted it. Where And Kentucky is getting some of these transfers. They're, ideally, they want the best freshmen, and they want two or three veteran guys. Usually, it would come by a transfer to kind of give you that mix of experience and freshmen. Now, this year has been odd for many, many reasons. One is COVID knocked out the usual, pre, as you know, preseason workouts, and it uh, changed the schedule where they didn't have several of those guarantee games uh, where they can uh, build up some confidence and kind of get get some momentum going. And... Uh, This year was unusual, too, because they had only one player back who basically had ever played for Kentucky. So they had some transfers come in and they had the freshmen. And so it was really, even by Kentucky standards, uh, an unusual uh, set of circumstances to try to mesh a team together. You know, if I was trying to defend Kentucky and say it's not as bad as it seems, I would point out that yes, they're eight and fourteen, but there are several games in there they lost that came right down to the end. And at one point, Ken Pomeroy rated Kentucky last in the country in luck. And I asked him about that, and he said, "You know, I was my immediate question was, how do you quantify luck?" <laughs> and he basically said, "A lot of it has to do with close games and how you fare." And they've had two or three where Olivier Sars had like a 10-foot mid-range shot and missed it. He happened to miss it and uh, things like that. Uh, On the other hand, if you wanted to be Mr. Negative, which I'm accused of from time to time, you would say, uh, yes, that's true. They've also won two or three or four of these games that came right down to the end and could have went either way. So they're 8 and 14. Maybe that is the uh, kind of an accurate medium there. You, you know, being accused of, of Mr. Negative is just an occupational hazard. Uh, I, I think we all get that. 
Jerry. But uh, yeah, I have. I was going to mention that. I, I see the record. I see eight and fourteen, which is unusual. I also have seen a, a lot of games, uh, or several, as you mentioned, that, that could have gone the other way. Um, last in the country in luck. That's interesting because I think Kentucky basketball is like Alabama football to all the other teams in the SEC. When they lose that game, they think, oh, the refs were for Kentucky. The, you know, the refs were for Alabama. I mean, you know what? It doesn't look like the refs have been for Kentucky this year. And and uh, and certainly Ken Pomeroy didn't think so. Well, one other factor I should have mentioned with COVID is attendance is really down. I mean, they have a 15% cap, uh, 15% of capacity. So it's been about, they announced 3,000 or so. And John Calipari has mentioned several times that the crowd can influence things, draw your own conclusions, and uh, that they, you know, that would have helped them in some of these close games. So they're, I think they're, uh, I think they've lost six home games, which I think they've only done like three times previously in Rupp Arena history. And Rupp opened in 76, 77. So, you know, perhaps that's another factor that should be considered. Maybe so. Uh, Jerry, how do you think uh, Kentucky matches up with Ole Miss? I mean, I, you know, if, if Ole Miss had won against Vanderbilt, then yes, a bubble game. I, I just I, I think the bubble is out of reach now. I don't think they're going to get there at, at 10 and 8, which they would have to win their last two games, you know, to be 10 and 8 in conference play. Uh, Vanderbilt, and, and look, I know Vanderbilt was without their top two players and, you know, they were down and that's, that's 35 points a game they were missing. That's still a team that's playing well. They were without those, without those players against Tennessee and Tennessee didn't just trash them. Okay. Uh, and they were a bad matchup for Ole Miss, I thought in the sense of uh, a lot of shooters and they put the hands in the balls of a lot of guys, uh, played wide, spread the floor and uh, made the extra pass. And, and, and so they had 11 three-pointers that hurt Ole Miss. I don't see Kentucky statistically uh, playing that same style right now, Not the, at least not that effective uh, ninth in the SEC in three-point shooting. Uh, how do you think they match up against Ole Miss? Well, yeah, the three-point shooting has been a problem that's been uh, well chronicled this season, that and turnovers. And uh, they were doing a little bit better. They won three in a row, one of them against at Vandy. And both of their Vandy games came down to the last 30 seconds. So Vandy, now they had Pippen and uh, DeSue in those games. But, you know, they played Kentucky competitively both times. I was a little surprised that Ole Miss didn't beat them with Pippen and DeSue out. But I wonder how Ole Miss is a zone uh, and uh, if they do some of that half-court trapping, how that might affect Kentucky. After Kentucky's last game, uh, John Calipari was saying that uh, uh, their point guard play was shaky, and that was one reason why uh, you know they they struggled down the stretch of yet another game. And so I, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, Ole Miss the zone. And if they trap and that sort of thing, how Kentucky handles that. And if it comes down to whether Kentucky can make three-point shots. Yeah, they'll they'll do that trapping. And, and how much they do it kind of depends on the success they have with it. If they, if they judge Kentucky's point guard play to be a little sketchy, then they will certainly stay with it more. But you know that 1-3-1, one, one, Jerry, it, uh, it leaves you susceptible 
to the corner jump shots. I mean, it's really hard for that back guy to guard uh, both corners, and you're kind of susceptible there if the point guard play is good enough to make the extra pass and and find that open man. And and so we'll we'll see. Uh, Ole Miss has had a lot of success with that, so we'll, we'll see if if that's what they do. Uh, tell me about uh, just give me some names of these Kentucky players. Who are some of these uh, freshmen that that uh, ordinarily we would know by now because Kentucky would have would have won twenty games? Yeah, well, Brandon Boston is a guy that uh, uh, they were thinking he may be their leading scorer. They they have they had five players averaging double figures, but not much above ten. Brandon Boston is one. Devin Askew is the point guard. Uh, although Davion Mintz, he's a transfer from Creighton, he'll play at some too. Uh, and I, uh, I should mention Isaiah Jackson. He's one of the nation's leaders in block and blocking shots. He's their rim protector, and uh, you know they they think you know they depend on him for that. And you mentioned corner threes. That's something John Calipari. And it really aggravates him when the other team gets corner threes and they want corner threes. So, yeah, that'll be something to look for. Well, tell me uh, how Kentucky fans, uh, long known for their patience, like all other fan bases, what's what's their uh, uh, relationship with John Calipari right now? Uh, I, I would think that he has, has built up an enormous amount of capital and uh, would, would not be uh, – uh, and it's still nothing negative being said about him by the fan base. Is, is, that, is that where they are? Well, I hate to disappoint you, but uh, no, there's some second guessing. And, uh, you know, I, I, my thinking is that uh, after X number of years, fans want a new toy to play with. And they've, you know, John Calipari has been ultimately successful, of course. But, you know, they've kind of been there and done that. And then, of course, 8 and 14 is not helpful. Uh, you know, another factor to think about is that they haven't had a full healthy roster throughout the season. Keon Brooks is the one returning guy from last year that actually played. Uh, he missed the first 10 or 12 games. And then Terrence Clark, who was a freshman and a guy that John Calipari has referred to as their best player. He's been out with a leg injury for about 12, 13 games, and he's not expected back until uh, the SEC tournament, if then. So i tell you, my favorite story about fans is that the year, I think it was 14-15, they won their first 38 games. They went to the final four, 38-0. And in February, they played at LSU. They won. They come back home. The next night is the coach's weekly radio show. And fans call in and ask questions. Well, this one fan called in. And he said that uh, uh, he had some ideas of how Kentucky could be better. And so then he goes into his list. He's got like, he he goes through like seven or eight things. You do more of this, do less of that. You should tweak this, boop, 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 boop. And finally, he takes a breath. And John Robick is an assistant coach. He was subbing for Calipari. He says, well, you know, we're not doing that badly. <laughs> they were like 24-0 and 0 at the time. <laughs> so that kind of summed up, I think, uh, at least the fandom in terms of the Big Blue Nation. 